Hello and welcome to Broadband. I'm your host, Denise Kowalczyk. This show is part Feed Your Soul, part Food for Thought. It's a podcast that features personal wellness tips and information because you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of the world. On today's show, my guest is Jessica J. Williams. She's a certified life coach who is dedicated to helping women declare ownership over their professional lives in order to achieve more money, success, and joy. Jessica, welcome to Broadband. Thank you for having me, Denise. It's really great to be here. So um, just like pretty much every guest that I've had, I it isn't like we're a stranger. I've known Jessica. I'm going to give Darby a big old shout out. She's going to be like blown away. I met Jessica through a mutual friend. Gosh, probably about four or five years ago, roughly now. Yeah, it's been a while. And you were living a, an entirely different life experience at that time. And now you are a life coach. So that is a big change for you. And we're going to talk about that whole new life experience. But um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got here in this amazing, because if you look at her website, uh, you will see how her story, you can read it. But it's been a it's been a journey. It has been a journey. So give us like a, f- a, f- a few moments overview of that journey to get you here. Yeah. So I got my bachelor's degree in college in communications. And I started out in sales and marketing and moved out to the West Coast about 13 years ago. And I decided at some point about five years ago that I was not interested in traditional sales and marketing marketing anymore. And I went and got my master's degree in marketing and really focused heavily on social change. And I got hired locally by an organization that supports job seekers in Oregon to manage this community and also to do PR for nonprofits and foundations. So uh, I have a I have a background in marketing, sales, advertising, PR, and I was using that for good. And I became a de facto kind of career expert around town. And I was being asked to speak at leadership panels and conferences for women. And I've always had a passion for empowering and supporting women, particularly in their career and their profession, because that's an area that's been really important to me throughout my uh, career track. And so when it came time for me to leave that organization, it was they were super supportive and um, you know gave me a lot of opportunity. And I had enough knowledge, I felt, to start running my own business. And last year, I became a certified life coach. And I started supporting professional women to help them achieve more money, success, and joy in their work. And it's called, as I recall, the Superwoman Project. Yes. Yes, indeed. And so I want to, you know, jump into the whole premise. It's a beautiful website, I have to say. Did you design that? Thank you. I did. Okay. It's really lovely and very interactive and very engaging. So um, kudos on that. Um, So you talk about the foundation of those services, if you will, really working with a particular um, audience, women and their their professional career. But there's... um, you know, there's a lot of life coaches in Portland. There's probably, you can't cross the street without probably bumping into one. Maybe it's not as much as maybe massage therapists or mm-hmm. indie rock musicians, but there's a lot of life coaches. Now, what makes yours pop out uh, mm-hmm. different from all the other services that mm-hmm. are available here? That's a great question, Denise. So one of the things that I feel like makes me different is I have a unique 
career experience. And I feel like I've pretty much been through anything you could go through at, at this point in my career. And so I offer that kind of unique personal experience. And then also, I really work with my clients to help them get in, in in tune with their inner wisdom. So not only am I a certified life coach, but I'm also a certified yoga practitioner. And I have a master's degree in communication. So I combine all of this experience in communications, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and life coaching to help my students really get in their bodies and start to get in tune with their own inner wisdom. So there's there's not a lot of strategy. There's not a lot of advice. I, I don't do a lot of like telling people what to do as much as I help them find their own way mm. with support and resources. And I connect a lot of women in my uh, community to my network and give them access to resources they wouldn't otherwise have access to. You know, that really, truly resonates with me. I'm a, I try to live my life mindfully. I can't do the yoga thing. I have tried. (laughs) It's just not my thing. So, but anyway, but meditation is very, daily meditation is very important to me. And um, having that experience of going, like you said, going in and paying attention to uh, what's going on on the inside, not only in your head, but in your heart and your gut, and then helping that guide you to make some decisions. So what um, kinds of things you touch on a little bit, um, speaking and a little bit about the types of support you provide your clients. But um, you also do a podcast. And so as a podcast producer, (laughs) and I've listened to a few of your uh, segments, they're fantastic. So uh, what, what, because that's, a, you know, a lot of work to do this business, plus using these communication tools to really talk about topics that are related to uh, what you're trying to put out there in the world. Yeah. So yeah. why podcasting? Yeah, well, I've, I actually just did an episode about why podcasting the other day. And um, what I told my listeners is that about 10 years ago, I started really getting absorbed into a podcast that is now called On Being. Back then, it was called Speaking of Faith. And hey, with, someone told me that. I have to go listen to that. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually, I have to say, I started listening to it about 15 years ago, religiously, and I've almost listened to every episode. And I was really taken with her style of interviewing and, and facilitating a conversation. And then I fell in love with Jonathan Fields, who does um, The Good Life Project. And I had a business coach named Stephanie Pollock, who did uh, a, a podcast called Leadership Insights for Women in Business. And I just absorbed myself with the people that I admired. And uh, I started thinking, this is something I really want to do because I enjoy facilitating conversation and drawing people out and making them feel comfortable mm-hmm. so that they can share their gifts with the world. So I also believe that there's not a lot enough um, support and promotion out there for the great work that women are doing in the world. And so I thought I would provide a platform to tell those stories in a really authentic and genuine way so that other women can learn from those experiences. And I think, I don't know yet, but I think I'm pretty good at drawing people out and having them share stories that might feel slightly vulnerable, but that other other women can actually really learn from. So we're having a synergistic moment uh, as I'm listening to you. And I, you know, I, this is not totally foreign to me because I went to your website to really go through and see what you're all about, what you're doing. But that too resonates so strongly with me because of my own work. My friend Marie Daniels and I co-founded a group called the Eleanor Club. And the whole premise is really tied into creating a space for women um, to work with each other, support one another, 
and um, create some opportunities for leadership development. Absolutely. So we'll totally talk about this later off mic because it's about you, not about me. But um, <laughs> in any event, so I, I'm really excited to hear that this is what you're focusing on and uh, what you're doing with your time and working with women to develop their leadership skills because I, I, I will spend an entire other session on talking about this, but one of those things is negotiation. Yes. And I see that's one of your courses or one of your topics. Um, I just read Women Don't Ask mm -hmm. and uh, Ask For It mm -hmm. right, by mm -hmm. Linda Babcock and Sarah Lashewer. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name correctly, so forgive me. But two books that knocked my sock socks off, and I've been telling women about it. Can we talk a little bit, a little bit about negotiation and your perspective and why it's important for you to share that with your clients or the women you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So I approach all of my coaching and, and training and support from a lens of uh, really bringing in the feminine into the workplace. So we live in a very masculine society where it's very active. There's not a lot of receiving and there's not a lot of creativity and curiosity really driving everything. And I think that that is a strength that women often kind of naturally have. And I don't mean to kind of stereotype here, but when you think about principles of femininity, not fe females, but femininity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, those are kind of those principles, that receptivity. And uh, I bring that into all of my training, including negotiation. So for example, um, one of the things that I talk about prior to, say, a negotiation or an interview is to really get centered and in your body so that you can start to notice areas in which you feel vulnerable so that you can go in and know those places intimately and be very prepared in the event that it, something gets triggered in mm. that way. You can stay in your power and your center because you've dealt with that previously. So um, I work with a lot of women on kind of getting into their bodies, getting centered, figuring out those places and knowing ourselves intimately so that we can really kind of stay in control when we're in a position where we're asking for more money or asking for a job or trying to prove that we're the right candidate for mm -hmm. the position. Mm -hmm. You know, I, what I really love about this when you're, you're tying into the intellect to the body and the soul kind of thing, mm -hmm. and also what's really um, lovely is that, as you know, um, with your work as well as being a woman, we struggle with our whole body thing. So to really use it, if you will, in a way that helps us and is more holistic as opposed to battling it. You know what I mean? Oh, and being absolutely. afraid of it. So that's yeah. really cool. Really yeah, cool. using it as a tool. You know, I'm a certified Martha Beck life coach, and she talks about the body compass and really using your body as a compass to guide you towards greater freedom and ease in every area of your life. So you also provide um, a service, if you will, I believe is what it's called, um, Elevate Your Career Mentorship Program. Yes. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So this is the first time I've had this program, and I currently have about 10 women enrolled. And we meet every other week via conference call. And we also have a Facebook group. And this is a low-cost way of allowing people to work with me. And they get mentorship from me and with me and their community mm -hmm. throughout this time together. It's a four-month-long program. And I firmly believe that... If we can get clarity around our goals, we can start to feel more confident about where we're headed. And once we feel confident about where we're headed, we can start to brand ourselves in a way that will really uh, make us distinct and stand out in the world. And then we need to learn how to take that 
out into the world and talk to people and share the great work that we offer. And then we have to learn how to negotiate for ourselves and to look for opportunities to take on more leadership. So that's the four-month long program that I'm working these clients through. Now, each of them are in a different kind of phase in their career, but I can tell you um, without a doubt that it has been so rewarding for them and for me so Mm -hmm. far. Excellent. You mentioned personal branding. I'm also fascinated and somewhat infatuated with that as well, trying to understand that. And um, can you talk without, I don't know what the metaphor is or the saying, I don't want you to give away the whole thing here, but can you talk a little bit about your philosophy and your approach? Maybe a couple of tips or one tip um, people, women can use to kind of start focusing in on a personal brand? Absolutely. So uh, the first thing is to get really clear on your goals. Because if you don't know where you're headed, it's hard to talk about talk about it to people, right? So get very clear on what you're trying to achieve in the world, whether that's in your business or your career. And once you're clear on that, then you come up with a list of kind of key messages that I that I have my clients craft. So key messages that you can use online or offline to tell your story. And so this might be something like a LinkedIn summary or headline, but it also might be something like an elevator pitch. You know, so those are personal branding kind of pieces or elements that you want to make sure you consider. And also what your style and personality is like as it comes through online and offline and making sure that that's consistent. So that if perhaps uh, an employer or a potential client comes to see you, they see a consistent person who clearly knows what they have to offer the world. And that makes that potential client or employer feel less anxiety and feel more confident in reaching out and asking you to do that thing. You know, it sounds kind of exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but it's it's necessary, right? I mean, in this so world, exhausting. you totally have to do it. Mm-hmm, so there's do. a lot of options. You do. And it's, it's overwhelming for the majority of people, young and old. Mm-hmm. So this is not an age thing. This is a where we're at in society right now is mm-hmm. uh, technology is moving so fast. It's really hard for people to keep up and even organizations to keep up. I mean, HR... HR companies are using or HR departments are still using some really archaic systems, you know, so we're all kind of in flux right now. So getting some support around that can be really helpful, particularly if you're in a time of transition. So how do you know when your personal brand is right on the money or has drifted off if it ever does? Oh, that's a great question. And my answer is, how does it feel? So does does it feel to you when you look at your LinkedIn profile or when you go to a networking event and you present yourself, how does it feel? Does it feel like freedom and joy and ease and comfort and and light? Or does it feel restrictive and kind of collapsed and forced and uncomfortable? So really getting in tune with those feelings in a way that you can start to distinguish the difference and you can go, oh, that feels better or that feels worse and really fine tune that compass. You know, there there's a difference between something feeling scary wrong and scary, but that's kind of fun. <laughs> not, granted, that might not work for dating. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I get what you're saying. So it that, can be really hard to distinguish uh-huh. between, yes, is that something that I'm called to do, but still feels scary, but I still need to do it? Or is that something I'm, I'm terrified of doing and it legitimately is not the right thing for me to be doing right and so the difference is getting into your body and noticing that that intuition and that inner guidance is is a neutral feeling almost it's not um it's not this like huge big balloon of light or this big like 
you know, heavy burden. It's, it's something that feels really grounding and comforting, almost like a blanket. That is so fabulous because I'm going to totally use that because I have been pretty much operating with the um, approach that if it if the pendulum is not over here like woohoo this feels fantastic oh my gosh then I'm missing the boat but when in fact if it's sort of right here in the middle and I'm like you know what that feels okay in a sense, in a way, to, to look at it that way. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, you do want to track towards that, like, woohoo, right? right, right. Um, and, and so you might, like, if you had a scale of zero to 10 or one to 10, you know, you probably want your decisions to fall in that five, six, seven area, yes. right? Like yeah. maybe it's a little worse or a little better, but you, you want it to feel kind of neutral towards the little bit better. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. Now you touched a little bit on this uh, with regards to your mentorship program that you offer. Mm-hmm. But how, in your opinion, um, how do you see women helping other women? I mean, there's a another show talking about that, I'm sure. And I, as a a woman who's over 40 myself, um, I, I see that as a real opportunity for women to really rally around and help um, women of our age group navigate some of the invisible um, backlash. Um, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. So, you know, what are your what are your some of your ideas about how women can come together either individually or collectively to help one another? Yeah. So on an individual level, I do believe if you're a woman and you're in a position of helping other women and providing mentorship or leadership, you are required to really get in, intimate with yourself and your own triggers, your own um, what your own experiences, your own kind of suffering, not to get too woo-woo, but your own experiences of life that have gotten you where you are today and really start to have compassion for women who are coming up behind you and see opportunity to share your story and to open up and support in a way that is really almost vulnerable. I just, that was the word that was coming to mind. Yeah. 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 And then collectively, I think that things like what you're doing, you know, so many more women are starting support groups and I think that's wonderful. And there's all these empowerment conferences out there. But the thing that we have to keep in mind is there's inspiration and there's support. But at the end of the day, when, you know, we hit that point where like um, one of the women I admire, her name is Pema Chodron. Mm. She always calls it the big squeeze. When we're in the big squeeze, that's the moment we're training for. That's the moment we're having all the support for. So how can we help women when they're in that big squeeze, you know? So a great example of um, a way I did that once is I was directly mentoring or, or I'm sorry, directly um, managing someone. And she asked for a raise. And I said, good for her. I know, right? Well, actually, I told her at your annual review, you better ask me for a raise. And she said, Oh, I should. And I said, Absolutely. You know, you need to do that. And, and she's only been out of college a couple of years. And so she comes to me and she says, well, how, how much should I ask for? And I, I told her the amount I thought she needed to be making. And she said, okay, I'll ask for that. So she came in and she presented a whole case for why she should do that, which is what I told her to do. And then I went to my boss and said she asked for more than what she actually asked for. And then she ended up getting what she wanted. And so this was, you know, this was all backdoor stuff. But I supported her because she didn't know. You know, and had I not done that, she would have been making way below what she should have been making. And I was her boss and I knew that. I would totally give you a high five, but we'll do an air <laughs> high five because it air would make a lot of noise. That is exactly what we should be doing for each other. 
It is. I love that. It is because men are doing it for one another. And you look at a lot of the reasons why there aren't more women in leadership positions. It's not just that men aren't doing it for each other. It's also other or that women aren't doing it for each other. But it's also that women aren't asking. It's also they don't feel confident. They're afraid they're going to lose their job over it. They're going to be seen as no one's going to like them. No one's going to like them. They're Mm -hmm. ungrateful. You know, I should just be happy that I have a job, you know, that sort of thing. And we need to say, no, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You have to go and ask. They're expecting you to ask for more money. I know. It's so (laughs) bad. I'm reading all this right now. And it's just like, you know, I've been on the planet for a long time. And now I'm just learning this. And I'm like, okay, what can I negotiate today? Whether it's washing (laughs) my car or a job or whatever. So it's Mm -hmm. really, really exciting. Well, we're almost out of time. I told you it was going to fly by. But um, I guess my my final question for you is... um, who are some of the women who inspire you and why? Oh, I love that question. Krista Tippett, the the um, founder of On Being, um, she inspires me so much because of her ability to ask what she says or what's called generous listening and generous questions. So she really listens to find the kind of the underlying stuff that nobody's talking about and draw that out. And I really admire her work in that area and her pushing kind of the envelope around topics that are really challenging. Um, So she's definitely a person that I admire. And then um, it's kind of funny because a lot of people say this, but I feel like I have like an actual personal right to say this. Um, Maya Angelou was actually a professor of mine in college. And um, it was really amazing. I got to spend an entire semester learning under her. And when she passed, I watched her whole funeral. um, My alma mater was Wake Forest, where she was um, buried. And I grew up in Winston-Salem, where she lived. And um, so she, to this day, like, gives me strength. If there's there's ever a, a tough time I'm going through, I imagine Maya Angelou standing behind me going, you've got this. That's nice. Those are two amazing women. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That was Jessica J. Williams, certified life coach with a focus on helping women declare ownership of how they can navigate their professional life experience using a variety of methods. You can learn more about her work and services by visiting her website, superwomanproject.com. Now some food for thought. The Dougie Center provides support in a safe place where children, teens, and young adults, as well as adult family members, can meet each month. And the center offers almost 60 open-ended peer support groups for those families navigating the death of a loved one. The services provided by the center are free of charge for those families and serves over 400 children and 250 adults each month. To learn more about their work and how you can get involved, check out their website, www.dougy.org. Well, that's all the time I have for this episode of Broadband. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to Jessica for coming out to KBU to talk with me about all the work that she's uh, putting out there in the world. I'll be uh, including some links that I mentioned uh, in today's interview right here on the show page. And if you can, share out the show link in your social media networks. I'd really appreciate it. And thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Bye.